All right, everybody, don't drop that fast forward button. The sponsorship roll call is about to begin. Energy Consulting Limited provides complete project management and general contracting services to a variety of private sector clients on both commercial and residential construction projects. They act as the owner's representatives through the planning, design, budgeting, scheduling, construction, and occupancy processes. Clients appreciate their open, honest, and flexible approach to achieving their project goals. Although they are located in Surrey, BC, Energy works on projects all over the province, including the growing cities of the north and the beautiful coastal towns of Vancouver Island. They're always excited to explore new places and develop relationships with professionals wherever their clients' interests may be. Abacus North is a firm that specializes in mortgage banking solutions for complex projects. In addition to providing financing solutions in a traditional mortgage broker capacity, Abacus North provides direct loans that range from $2 million to $25 million. On a syndicated basis, they provide mortgage banking solutions up to $300 million. In most cases, their in-house capital solutions can bridge financing gaps that traditional lenders are unable to service. They specialize in providing land acquisition loans, construction financing for large-scale developments, income-producing properties, and single-purpose facilities. With a portfolio that includes high-rise, mid-rise, and low-rise condominiums, townhouse developments, shopping centers, agricultural properties, industrial developments, and medical marijuana facilities, Abacus North is at the forefront of creative mortgage banking solutions with a focus on fostering long-term relationships. They are a multifaceted organization that services domestic and international clients with their mortgage banking needs. Complex financing solutions require analytical thinking well beyond a typical mortgage broker relationship. As a result, they focus on providing engineered solutions for their client. Their key differentiation strategy is that they assist clients in actively managing the capital stack in order to minimize borrowing costs while maximizing flexibility. Abacus North focuses on national and global opportunities. Ascentia CPA has a team of new-gen chartered professional accountants that are dedicated to advancing companies using expertise combined with emerging technologies. The team at Ascentia will implement the latest accounting technologies, allowing you to not only run a business, but to run a smart business that will excel in your industry. Their focus is to provide growth-centric, value-added, and timely accounting services for businesses, as well as individuals across Canada. Unlike standard accounting firms, by embracing cloud-based software, the team at Ascentia will provide you with real-time accounting information on a secure platform that is accessible anywhere at any time, allowing you to make better informed decisions and gain more controlled overview of your financial data. The reliability and expertise you will experience with the professionals at Ascentia will assist you in the preparation of corporate and personal tax returns, financial statements, bookkeeping, government filings, tax and estate planning, as well as business advisory services. For more information on the advantages of online accounting and to book a complimentary meeting online, be sure to visit ascentiacpa.ca. We are I. After 30 years in the backcountry, you think I would have seen it all. You know, a few weeks ago, I was leading my team into the backcountry. We were in Manning Park, BC, 
you know, going down Skyline Ridge 1, you know, through to the connector to Skyline Ridge 2, and got to the top of Lone Goat Mountain, you know, by the end of the day on Friday. You know, we thought this is a great place to be able to stop and, you know, set up camp, and, you know, there's nobody really along the trail, you know, maybe a few people off the of the beginning, but we were, you know, pretty deep in there for Friday night, didn't think we'd run into anybody, and just so happened there was another couple campers, you know, there too, and it's always great to be able to see some, you know, fellow outdoor enthusiasts in the backcountry. You know, we walked past them, they were just, you know, down from the summit a little bit, and we decided we wanted to be able to camp as close to the summit as we could. You know, so we are setting up camp and, you know, dropped all of our gear and we're like, hey, let's just, let's run up to the summit real quick and let's just see what the view is like. So, you know, we get to the summit and we're standing up there and, you know, I see this, this nice ridge off like the southwest side that kind of loops around, you know, like a horseshoe and drops down into this nice meadow. It's real nice valley, real pristine looking, great looking grass and this nice little stream coming off this little mini glacier feeding this you know like little rocky stream that may or may not lead into a waterfall i can i can hear something faintly in the distance but you know i don't don't really know what's down there and all of a sudden something catches the corner of my eye and i go to my team and i'm like hey look you know like there's there's a few mule deer down there there's there's two does and a buck so you know we're watching them for a little bit and they're just kind of lounging around grazing a little bit and just a beautiful sight because you know I've told a lot of stories about the backcountry, but the one story I'll always tell is that where's all the wildlife? You know, everybody always thinks that there's just all this abundance of wildlife in the backcountry, but you know, like I never see anything. You know, so I see these two, you know, doe mule deers and this buck mule deer, and I just, I come alive. This is why I come here. I don't just come for the views. I don't come just for the mountains, the valleys, the lakes, and you know, I want to be able to see life, life outside of us as human beings. You know, so I'm like, this is great. You know, what I'm going to do tomorrow is, I'm going to go down there after, you know, 30 plus years as a hunter on the on this earth. You know, I'm like, I'm going to go down. There'll be like, you know, some great crosswinds down there. I should be able to sneak up on these mule deer just to see how close I can get to them. You know, plus I know there's only snow drifts as, you know, for our water sources up here. So maybe we'll be able to have a nice shower down there, you know, get some water and just, you know, hang out for a little bit in this beautiful meadow. You know, so we pack back down and we get our tents all set up and we get our fire going and we get everything set up for the night. Then, you know, I look down in the valley that's right below us in this beautiful meadow. There's another mule deer walking in. So I was like, wow, like there's there's deer everywhere around here. This is so peculiar because it's not like this isn't a busy trail. It's just not busy right now because it's Friday night. But come Saturday and Sunday, this is going to be there's going to be people everywhere along here. But I'm like, wow, I'm like, this is this is amazing. I'm really gonna relish in this moment. I got these these two meadows on either side of this beautiful mountain and looking out over these gorgeous mountain ranges down into pristine looking lakes and just everything is just absolutely gorgeous. Just breathtaking. You know, so we go, we have our steaks, we cook up these great meals. Cause you know, when I go into the backcountry, I don't eat freeze-dried meal bullshit. I'll I'll train harder, I'll build you know, bigger legs, stronger legs. I'll run on the trim. I'll do the stairs. I'll do whatever I can. I'll I'll carry my pack while I run. I'll put the Atlas pack on. I'll toss plates onto it because I want to eat good. So when we went and we put packed four prime rib steaks because there was four of us. We packed a five pound bag of potatoes, a bunch of carrots, an onion, some garlic, a pound of butter, a bottle of prosecco, and a bottle of rosé. It was when you're going to go into the backcountry and you're going to enjoy something beautiful. You got damn it, you better eat good to be able to compliment that too. And we do, always do. That's what's like coming out with me and my team. You know, we eat good. We eat real good. And I can't emphasize that enough. Like it hits home to me because like I want to be able to have these 
these amazing luxuries of the four country, of the city, in a place that I love so much. And good food, really good food is such a huge part of that. And I love it because, you know, I taste so much, but there's not as much distraction. When you're sitting in the beauty of the backcountry, a beautiful primer steak that you put a rock in a fire to heat it up all nice and red. And you throw that steak on, get that nice sizzle on there. And you're finding some sticks because you didn't pack a flipper because you're going to make it just a little bit outdoorsy backcountry. So you got some sticks, you're trying to flip it, and you're almost dropping it in the fire and you flip it. And, you know, you get on there, it's the sizzle again, you just can't wait, and you pop it off and you eat it, and you're just, oh, it just tastes so good. You would take a bite, and that, that fat is in your mouth, and you're chewing it up, getting that protein in you after, like, kilometers and kilometers of hiking up and down, mountains just deep and hot as hell, mosquitoes everywhere, looking out at that beautiful, beautiful mountain range, just tastes so much better. God, it's not even the point of this podcast right now. I'm just can't even stop talking about it. I'm like drooling right now. I just want to have another one of those prime rib steaks cooked on an open fire. Nice rock cooked steak. I'm sure some of you guys probably seen those posts from a few weeks ago cooking those rock steaks. But anyway, I'll get to the point of this podcast. I'm sort of digressing, but obviously we know I do this all the time. But so speed it all up. Go to sleep, wake up the next morning, got my coffee in my hand, good old Yeti cups, Starbucks instant coffee packs. You know, I just I love that. Those little uh, dark roast and the purple pack pop the top off throw two of those in find some nice snow drift water melt that up put it in it god damn that's a good cup of coffee bitter as fuck love it nice they got that nice crisp flavor from that snow drift you collected your water from hot for an hour and a half in that yeti cup because well, as we all know a yeti cup is a yeti cup right so i'm like you know where can i go enjoy this so i walk up to this Back up to the summit, because, you know, we're only about a two-minute walk away from the summit, and sitting there having my coffee in the morning, looking down, and, and I see these three mule deer down there again. I'm like, okay, you know, this is going to be good. You know, the one thing I always tell my team when we're in the backcountry and we're staying for days, because this was a three-day trip that, you know, just because we go in together, doesn't mean we spend every minute together. Like, people can go off on their own individual missions, their treks. People can sit by the fire for two days if they want. They can go wander around. You can do whatever you want. You're an adult. You make an adult decision. You know, this is this is you, your time, and we don't necessarily have to do everything together because this is a holistic experience for all of us. We are here to heal. We are here to be able to clarify. We're here to be able to give our souls whatever we need to be able to give, to be able to go back in in life and say, I got this because that's why I go. It's my balance, my happy place. At all my happy places, my hundreds of happy places that I create, that is my number one, my apex happy place. Clears everything away. Gets the clutter out and allows me to be able to forge forward. So I come back down there and I say, like, look, team, you know, I'm going to go down this ridge that we seen yesterday. I'm going to go up to the summit. I'm going to go down this ridge to the southwest. And when I get to the end of this ridge, I'm going to cut down, you know, about the 50 yards it is to this meadow once you get to, like, the lowest part of this ridge line. And I'm going to drop down this minute. I'm going to try to sneak up on these mule deer, just like what I was talking about before. I'm going to kind of survey the area to see what this water situation is like, to see if we can have some showers or some baths down there. Um, and I'm just going to see how long it's going to take. I'll come back up. I'll grab you guys, give you the option. Who wants to come? The like, yeah, no problem. We're going to go do our own thing. Everybody's got these different things they want to accomplish in the morning. Fantastic. So I trek back up to the summit, get back on this ridge, and there's this nice snow drift that just, you know, is probably... 80 feet long not very big you know maybe six seven feet deep and you know 10 feet wide you know already described the length and i'm sitting there on this so i'm just gonna see i'm just gonna feel i want to feel the cold on my body i want to look out of this beautiful range on this nice beautiful summer morning and 
I'm just going to sit here. I'm just going to relish in this. I mean, that I have the opportunity and, I, and I'm out here alone and I love that. Because as we know, I love to be able to be in the back country and just, just feel insignificant, feel alone, feel like nothing cares. So it really makes you understand like what you value in your life when you're somewhere that makes you feel insignificant. And I love that. I love it every single second. So I sit there and I'm looking, I'm like, I can't see these deer anymore. I wonder where these deer are. I can't just move on. I got to find them. I want to be able to sneak up on these. I need to have an upper hand. I need to know where they are in the wind direction and see what's going on. Some bushwhacking my way through and you know, obviously like any ridge on the top of a mountain, it's not going to have very many trees and this nonetheless, it's still the same. Very sporadic, tree here, tree there, some tall grass, some rocks to be able to jump over. Obviously no path, a little bit of snow. I'm a long look down and, you know, now I'm probably 200 feet lower than on the summit of this mountain. So it goes, let's just for easy math, say it goes from the 2,000 feet and, you know, I'm down about like 1,800 and the bottom of this ridge is probably about 1,600 and then it's probably, you know, maybe best guess 50, 60 yards to the bottom. And then you're right in this meadow. This whole meadow is about two football fields big. Um, NFL, not CFL. So I'm walking along, walking along, and you know, I look down and still can't see these deer. I'm like, I wonder where they were. They're probably bedded down. And I've seen where they bedded down, so I have a pretty good idea. If they are, this is where I'm going to go look for them. So I'm walking along, walking along, get to the bottom of this ridge, and just beautiful, gorgeous day. Look down. I can, now I can see everything really sharp. I can see all the, the boulders. I can see the runoff of this little mini glacier. I can see this stream. All the trees have definition. The brush has definition. I can see it. I can feel the change in temperature. And, you know, just I, I can feel I'm actually authentically in this meadow now. Like, this is a part of me. I've changed my surroundings. And I've changed the feel. So I'm like, okay, so I'm going to walk down. So I start walking down and, you know, I'm transversing down like this, the side of this hill dropping into the meadow now. And I, all of a sudden I look down and I'm like, oh, there's some bear scat. Okay. Like, oh, there's still flies on that bear scat. I'm like, that's strange. Wow, that's not strange. I just, fuck, that's pretty fresh. I mean, that's real fresh. And all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye, I look over and there's, what is that? 60 yards fuck it's a grizzly bear and i was like holy fuck as soon as i see this grizzly bear it sees me and we both startled each other and had no idea because i'm intentionally trying to get downwind of this these deer and this grizzly bear is exactly where these deer were so now i'm downwind from this grizzly bear and all it sees is me it can't smell me or else it probably would have ran away but now it's like what the fuck are you so she stands up on her back two legs and i can see she is fucking pissed and now I'm terrified. I got my bear spray in one hand, my grizzly bear spray. She stomps down and starts running at me. And in my mind, I'm like, run, run. Why are you standing here? But my mind is also thinking, don't run, don't run. Pull out the spray. I got the spray in my hand. I, I look down and this is all happening probably in a quarter of a second. And I look at it and I'm like, this is fucking useless. And I look up, she stops. Like, oh, bluff charge, okay. Nonetheless, whole body's shaking. Vibrating, just shaking, just not loving this. Because this, this bear is only about 60 yards away from me at best. And now it's ran towards me. Like, we're talking, I don't even know. Didn't have time to be able to step it out. But maybe 45, 50 yards away from me now. So I start backing up. Start walk backing up this hill. And all I keep thinking, I'm like, I am so fucked. Because I am at least a kilometer 
long down this ridge to be able to even get back to the summit of this mountain. Never mind it's on an incline. Never mind I have to run up this slope. And never mind that there's no fucking way I'm running outrunning a grizzly bear. So I'm backing up, backing up, backing up. She's just watching me. Just watching me back up. I get back to the top of this ridge. I'm walking along this ridge line. And I get behind this tree. And I keep on walking. I circle back on. Now I'm back out in the sight line. And this bear sees me again. And she just, she looks at where I have to go. Or where I know I have to go. And for some reason, I swear she knows. Like, just calculating out the exact point of where she can intercept me on this ridge if I start running. She starts taking off running up this hill. And I'm like, fuck. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to run. I'm going to run. So I just start booking. I'm fucking running. All of a sudden, I look up at the apex of this mountain. And I see one of my team members up there. And I'm whistling. I'm hollering. I'm shouting. I'm trying to scare this bear. I'm just trying to do everything I can. I'm trying to get her attention. And I'm trying to get my team members' attention. I'm like, go back, go back. I'm like, just run. Like, just get out of here. And I'm like screaming. I'm yelling. I'm freaking out. Whistling. I'm swearing. I'm cursing. I'm spitting all over the place. And I'm just going. Then all of a sudden, my team member starts running down towards me. And I'm like, fuck me. I look at this bear. I look at her. I know where I am. And I'm like, we're all fucked. I'm like, this is not even remotely going to be okay. And I'm looking at this bear. And all of a sudden, she stops. And then I stopped. And then I'm thinking, why in the fuck did I stop? If she stopped, I need to keep on running. But I stopped. And I'm looking at her, and she's looking at me. And we're looking at each other, and I'm like, fuck. I'm like, this is like the moment of truth. Like, this is going to literally be the decision. Like, you've bluffed charged me twice now. Like, this next one is probably going to be it. And then she turns around and walks away. Doesn't give a fuck. My team member comes running down to me and I'm running up at that point in time. So we meet halfway and she's like, what's wrong? Why are you running? And I'm like, if I'm running up, don't run down. <laughs> Fuck me. Like, I'm like, I'm not. Or she's like, I couldn't understand what's wrong. And in my mind, I'm like, I appreciate this so much. Like, obviously this person cares for me that much that I'm running and she knows there's something wrong and just starts running towards me. Fucking amazing. I know. I get it. But still, when you're running away from a grizzly bear, you don't want somebody else running towards the grizzly bear, too. So I'm like, look, let's watch this grizzly bear down there. So she's watching, we're watching, and all of a sudden these two guys come out of nowhere, and I'm like, hey, I yell, and I'm like, come down, come down, they're standing on the top of this mountain. I'm like, look at this grizzly bear. So they're standing down there taking pictures, and all of a sudden we notice, I'm like, I'm like, oh, oh, there's two cubs down there. So these two cubs come crawling out of the den. So it's a mom and her two cubs. She's like, oh, what a... What a privilege, what an honor. Like, what a great experience. I'm like, to be able to watch a, a grizzly bear and their two cubs play in this meadow. And like, Grant, we're up, we're quite high now. They're, they're hard to see. They're just, literally, you have to really watch to be able to see what's going on. They're not clearly defined. It's not like when I'm running away or when this grizzly bear's running at me, when it bluff charged me the first time. Like, I could see the spit coming out of this grizzly bear's mouth. I could see the hair moving on her coat. I could see the coat glisten in the sun. That's how close this motherfucker was. And again... The scariest part about that was that that bear spray in my hand, I have never felt like something was more useless in my entire, like I didn't even pull the cap off it. I didn't even try to spray it. There's nothing in me that felt like that can of bear spray was going to be remotely effective at all. I didn't even try. And it wasn't, I wasn't too scared to. I had my hand, I could have pulled off, but it just, it felt so useless. 
in that time. And when I'm screaming and yelling, wasn't making all this noise, and this bear does not give a fuck about any of it. I'm, and you just, you said this overwhelming sense of peace that like nothing, nothing is going to help. And it's not like a defeatist attitude. I just knew. I just, I just knew nothing was going to help. So fuck it, whatever. It's not going to do it. However, now we're standing up here watching. Sorry, digressing again. This story just, it boggles my mind so much. And it's about to get more mind-boggling. Trust me. So, grizzly bears, I'm telling you at the beginning of this, I don't ever see any animals in the wild. Now I've seen these two mule deer does and this mule deer buck on one side. Then the mule deer doe on the other side. Now I've seen this grizzly bear and these two cubs. And I'm like, why is there so many animals in this one meadow? Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Never mind, these mule deer were bedded down right beside this grizzly bear den where now these two cubs just crawled out of. So we're sitting there for about a half an hour watching these grizzly bears just play around and the mums sit there. And then all of a sudden I look over and I was like, holy shit. So there's like three of us sitting around or four of us sitting around watching these grizzly bears. And I'm like, there's two more cubs over there. So about 80, 90 yards away from this grizzly bear den, there's another grizzly bear den where two other cubs are playing around and another sow grizzly bear. Now anybody knows anything about grizzly bears knows that this is so unorthodox. Like... Two grizzly bears don't even live in the same area. Never mind that two sow grizzly bears have two cubs each in the same meadow. It's only the size of about a couple football fields. Doesn't make sense. It's, it's the most beautiful sight. The one thing that we observed is that these grizzly bears would not go past like certain lines. It was like they had this little territory, this little chunk of real estate that they would not cross. And I was like, wow, it was so beautiful to watch. These cubs, they just knew they, they just wouldn't cross these lines. No matter how much they played, they would run, they would sprint. They would always stop clearly right on these lines. But the one thing that we couldn't understand is that it was like there was this piece of pie that was missing. Like they would stay in these like little sections, but there was this one section where they just wouldn't go. So after about a couple hours of watching these grizzly bears, because like, this is an incredible sight to watch. Like, all these young cubs and these two, you know, mothers in this small meadow. Like, it's just, it was, it was amazing. So we pack up and we're walking out and we just take one more look. And now we're at a little bit different of an angle. And we see another sow grizzly bear with another cub in this one little area where these other cubs wouldn't go before. Three sow grizzly bears and five cubs in one little meadow. So we sat there all day and just watched these grizzly bears for hours. We just watched these grizzly bears. Like it was, it was amazing. I have never in 30 years of going in the backcountry have ever run into a grizzly bear. One. Black bears, yes. Grizzly bears, no. Never run into one. And I see three sow grizzly bears and five cubs in one area this small. Is that... The only thing I wanted to do is just call National Geographic to document this. Like, it, it just, it is so unorthodox, a grizzly bear behavior. It, it is just breathtaking. Never mind the scenery. Never mind the meadow. Never mind being so far and, and tired and having this experience and being super vulnerable in this moment of feeling like you're going to die by being mauled by a grizzly bear. But it was all just incredible. It was absolutely incredible. So we stay a couple more days, and I get out, and of course I call up my dad real quick, and I'm like, Dad, you fucking, 
like I'm sending him these pictures. I'm showing him like, look at all these grizzly bears. I'm like, one, two, three. I'm, I'm, I'm showing. I'm circling them on the picture. I'm like, can you believe it? Can you believe it? And he's like, no, I can't. He's like, I've never heard of anything like that. So he gets off the phone with me. He calls his hunting buddies. And he's like, can you believe it? And they're like, no. And he's showing him the pictures. And everybody's like, well, I can't even believe that. Like it doesn't even make any sense. So my dad calls me back and he's like, you know this. So great, I can't believe you got to be able to witness this. And you know, like, oh, you know, you're lucky, you know, but like, just what a, what a, what a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like, you know, they've been hunting for decades and have never even remotely seen anything as cool as this moment right here. Just, they have such a privilege and such an honor. Being able to, like, just take a step outside of my front door, do something that didn't cost me any money, no money at all, but I got to witness this thing that. 99.99999% of the population of this world who goes into the backcountry would never see something like this. It was amazing. It was incredible. It made me realize of all the things that if we just don't get outside, if we just don't go do something, if we just don't choose to be able to live life, how much life we are missing, the amazing things. Again, this took 30 years. 30 years of accumulation to be able to see this one moment. Now, I will never see this again. I know I will never see it again. I'll see other moments that are just equally as amazing as this. But I will never see something as amazing as this again with grizzly bears. I know I won't. But it's an honor, it's a privilege to be able to see this and experience it. And to be able to tell this story and to be able to be a part of it. And, and to be in my heart. And the best part is to know I shared it with other people. I shared it with, with six other people ultimately. These two random guys and three other people on a team is me and I guess five other people. Like this was amazing. It wasn't this big fish story that I, well, I got this big vision, blah, 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 by myself and I'm the only person to be able to tell a story. No, it wasn't even like that at all. The best part was is because my team came with me. We had an experience together because these other people decided to leave their house. They had an opportunity to be able to see it too. It was incredible. We shared this moment between the six of us human beings who just decided to be able to live a little bit of life. To be able to go and say, I'm going to walk like 10K, 12K into the back. I'm going to climb up a few mountains to be able to see something potentially. Like it was incredible. Absolutely incredible. So now when I'm walking through my days, now I just like, I've always had this burning sensation inside me that you just, we got to seize life. We have to start living life. We need to be able to live life every day. And it's not that that shit that I feel like has always just been superficially and just very topically ingrained into us about like, oh, life's good. You got to live life. You got to live Like, no. Like, we just don't get it. I don't get it. You don't get it. The amount of life and opportunity and experiences that we are missing because we live in such a sanitized bullshit life where we just don't do anything anymore. And this is coming from as somebody who does as much as I can do all the time. And it took me 30 years to run into that one moment that's just so much better than all the other ones. It's incredible. It was such an honor. You know, and the part of this story that I, knew, like, that I had to explain to multiple people, because the only part that a lot of people could understand about this story is like, they almost got mauled by a grizzly bear. And like, yeah, it's a part of it, but it's such a minor part of it. In the grand scheme of things, it's something so beautiful came out of this moment. Something so beautiful came out of this moment that was almost so tragic. But the only thing I keep saying to all these people is that if that did happen, just hopefully I would have went fast and everybody could rest assured knowing that 
I died doing something that I just love so much. So much. And I didn't die hooked up to machines. I didn't die out of boredom. I didn't die of mediocrity. I didn't die because I polluted my body with shit food and Netflix and fucking Instagram all the time. No, I was out living life. I was out being an adventurer. I was out filling my soul. I was out filling my heart with everything that I love. No, it wasn't tragic. No, it wasn't dangerous. No, it wasn't bad. No, it wasn't ugly. No, it wasn't anything. It was fucking beautiful in every sense of the fashion. It's not morbid. It was beautiful. It was not tragic. It was beautiful. I'm antsy sitting and my legs are shaking. My hands are pumping. I just, like, I, I can't even explain how beautiful that moment was. And to be able to share that with so many other people. So live. Get out and live. Take 30 years to find your nugget. Find your diamond. Find your gold. Because it's there. But the more mediocrity that you live in, the more mediocrity that becomes okay. Be a martyr for your happiness. Be a martyr for your sovereignty. Be a martyr for everything that ticks inside you. Fill your soul. You got to stop what you're doing right now. You got to feed your soul. You got to be happy. Personal sovereignty, personal happiness at all costs. And adding bricks in your wall every step of the way. Just stack those bricks.